Today's scripture is from the New Testament Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. And because it's somewhat contrary to secular practice, I imagine that it may be a little difficult uh, to comprehend and accept and adjust. And I imagine that 2,000 years ago it might have been the same. From the Gospel of Matthew. You have heard it said that it was said. Excuse me. You have heard that it was said. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, Turn the other also, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it, that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let the Lord bless these words to our understanding. Amen. Let's be in a spirit of prayer. God, open us up, our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears, that we might hear, perhaps in a different way, or for the first time, in a new way, the ancient word. Help it to direct, inspire how we live. Amen. From that text... And Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil doer. And if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Seriously. Seriously? Seriously? The last few times I've visited my precocious and funny and smart nine-year-old goddaughter, BJ, in Minneapolis, she's come up with 
another way to make me laugh and give me a hard time. So our conversations now go like this. Hey, BJ, how about I take you to Perkins Saturday morning for chocolate chip pancakes? What do you say? Seriously? She answers with a big grin on her face. Want to go to the bookstore? Seriously, Uncle John? It's a rental car, BJ. Please don't put your feet on the back of my seat. Seriously? Yes, BJ. Seriously. Ha, ha. But seriously. Dictionary.com defines seriously as considering something with genuine, earnest intent. But the way that BJ and others, myself included at times, can use that exclamation in response to something or someone, well, what we are doing is actually closer to the definition of seriously offered by the Urban Dictionary online. Seriously, disbelief expressed employing sarcasm. Used when you are not actually serious. Seriously? No, seriously. Which brings us to the series of moral and ethical directives Jesus is giving to his followers in today's Bible passage. A list of challenging, seemingly impossible ideals we as people of God are asked to use to treat each other, especially those we don't like much, or folks who push our buttons, or people we might even perceive as a threat to ourselves, our loved ones, or the world. In a nutshell, Jesus teaches, you heard it taught that you can retaliate, go all tit for tat, but here's a new lesson. Don't retaliate, even if it's justified. Love your enemies. Pray for them, too. And turn the other cheek and go the extra mile, even when you don't want to. And don't just love the lovable, love the unlovable, too. Seriously? Seriously? I imagine the folks sitting on the ground at Jesus' feet listening as their teacher offers this spiritual charge and with incredulity and surprise and probably a bit of defensiveness, his disciples begin to whisper among themselves. Seriously? Is he really serious? It reminds me of last week's lesson when he said we had to forgive those who wrong us seven times 70 times. He's kidding, right? It's understandable for us in our time to ask the same too. Is Jesus really serious in asking so much of those who choose to follow him and challenging the faithful to live by such high standards of behavior and turning worldly ways of life on their head and pushing back so hard against all of our human instincts Because seriously, the truth we might like to really hear him say that would make him much more popular in the world would be something like this. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye, and that is absolutely right. Retaliate whenever possible. And vengeance, it works. And hate your enemies because you're justified in that, and they deserve it. And if someone strikes you, you hit them right back. Don't take anything from anyone. And if you are asked to go the extra mile, 
you tell that person to go take a hike. And if someone asks for your coat, well, you don't want to freeze. Keep it on and move on. And when it comes to love, just love folks who are easy to love. And the rest, don't waste your time. But okay, friends, of course, I don't think we really want to hear Jesus teach that, do we? No, instead, I hope and I trust that one of the main reasons we all do this faith stuff, we teach faith to our kids, we try to live it with each other, is because we hope and we try as Christians to actually live in a different way, intentionally seek to live a better life in humility, a more loving life in mercy, to walk a life path that is often a narrow one, not a highway, but in fact a road less traveled. I believe that's why we come to church and why we say our prayers and why we study the Bible and why we house the homeless and why we feed the hungry and why we try to make the world a better place day by day. Seriously. Seriously. Friends, faith is a serious business and hard work at times. And we are reminded of this truth in the loftiness and the demands of Christ's teachings, like that love your enemy stuff. Because there's belief, there's belief, and then there's behavior. Behavior. So in a 2016 Gallup poll of 1,000 Americans, 90%, 9 out of 10, declared that they believe in God. Can I get an amen? That's a lot of belief. But then if we ask those same folks to take those beliefs and then live them out in, say, whether or not to have a death penalty, whether to go to war, whether to forgive someone who has wronged you, do you think those numbers would drop? They would. They would. In faith, beliefs are baby steps. Behavior, the kind that Jesus talks of today, that's where the rubber really hits the road. That's why faith is a serious business, seriously important, seriously transformative for our lives and for the life of this world. And seriously, much of the time, maybe even most of the time, we won't get it right, this faith, this behavior stuff. We won't be able to forgive easily or turn the other cheek or love the unlovable, at least not at first. And I think Jesus knew that even as he still called his disciples and us to try our best. Because, friends, faith is about grace, too, grace. To keep on trying, even as we falter and fumble and struggle to live in God's way. We need grace because to live with love and radical forgiveness and a lack of vengeance and big generosity, it is very hard work, seriously hard work, in the world. When we turn on the TV or the radio or surf the net's news sites and we watch and we listen as folks just yell at each other and tear into each other and blame one another and divide the human community in oh so many ways, ideology, religion, class, and always, always us versus them. 
These days, we seem much better at naming the enemy than loving the enemy. Or we may want to live by faith, but we find ourselves, say, in a workplace that is dog-eat-dog, that is every man and every woman for themselves. Love your enemy. Turn the other cheek. Easy for you to say, Jesus. I mean, you're the son of God. Seriously? But friends, we have to shoot for the stars, even especially when it seems so far away. We have to try for God's dream, even when we are wide awake in this sharp-elbowed world. we got to try. Like the story of a little miracle that happened on a New York City subway in early February. It was reported by one passenger, Gregory Locke, and I found it on Facebook. You may have seen it. I got on the subway in Manhattan tonight, and I found a swastika on every advertisement and every window in the train. The train was silent as everyone stared at each other, uncomfortable and unsure what to do. Then one guy got up and said, hand sanitizer, that gets rid of Sharpies. We need alcohol. He found some tissues and got to work. I've never seen so many people simultaneously stand up, reach into their bags and pockets, look for tissues and Purell, and start handing it out. Within about two minutes, all of that symbolism was gone. Nazi symbolism on a public train in New York City in 2017. I guess this is America, lamented one passenger. No, sir, it's not. Not tonight and not ever. Not as long as stubborn New Yorkers have something to say about it. So my prayer is this for us in our world. To keep on being serious with us, Jesus. Be serious with us. Even though it can be hard to get it right. To love an enemy to forgive and then forgive again, to turn the other cheek, to go the extra mile, to love the folks we do not want to love, to live as you would have us live. Seriously? Yes, in faith. Seriously. Let all God's people say, Amen. Amen.